0: Joe Biden speaking in front of the United Nations was maybe I could argue it was the speech you absolutely knew was coming. Right. Maybe I could argue it's a speech you knew that you were going to get. Because there was nothing about it that could bring you any sort of, well, here's a guy who loves his country. Here's a guy who loves his nation and thinks that his nation is a is a force for good. Much rather than that, as opposed to that, his speech was very much this, this globalist homage in my view. He spoke in front of the United Nations today, and I'm, I need to make sure you heard it because we all need to be on the same page. Why do I share these things the way that I do? Because without them, you are left to other people's interpretations. In the end, none of us are better off if we are only regurgitating somebody else's interpretation. Rather, we should have our own. So I'm going to share it with you. I will give you my take and you'll agree or disagree. And then we'll all just have some bourbon and some popcorn and a cigar and everything will be okay. Well, actually, things won't be okay until we get some elections and get some things changing. But neither here nor there. Tony Katz. Great to be with you. Tony Katz today. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Let me bring it to you. This is how the speech started. And it starts with the sadness of COVID.
1: We meet this year in a moment of intermingled with great pain and extraordinary possibility. We've lost so much to this devastating pandemic that continues to claim lives around the world and impact so much on our existence. We're mourning more than 4.5 million people, people of every nation, from every background. Each death is an individual heartbreak. But our shared grief is a poignant reminder that our collective future will hinge on our ability to recognize our common humanity and to act together. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the clear and urgent choice that we face here at the dawning of what must be a decisive decade for our world. A decade that will quite literally determine our futures. As a global community, we're challenged by urgent and looming crises. Wherein lie enormous opportunities. If, if we can summon the will and resolve to seize these opportunities. If we're going to talk
0: about COVID, are we going to mention the fact that China is guilty? It was at this moment I started to ask myself this question about Biden's speech. Well, when are we going to hear, if we're talking about what COVID has done, if we're talking about meeting the challenges, when are we going to say that China is guilty and China needs to be a world partner? When are we going to hear that? Friends hold friends to account. We have the tough conversations. Remember when these used to be courageous conversations? You remember that, producer Ari? Those were good times. Good times. Good times. But now what? Now we we, we can't even address it. And here now goes Biden into not addressing it.
1: Will we work together to save lives, defeat COVID-19 everywhere, and take the necessary steps to prepare ourselves for the next pandemic, for there will be another one? Or will we fail to harness the tools at our disposal as the more virulent and dangerous variants take hold? Will we meet the threat of challenging climate, the challenging climate we're all feeling, already ravaging every part of our world with extreme weather? Or will we suffer the merciless march of ever-worsening droughts and floods, more intense fires and hurricanes, longer heat waves, and rising seas?
0: He went from covid to climate change in the blink of an eye and basically said we're all going to die people. It's flood and it's famine and it's fires.
1: Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria.
0: No mention of China. You just went right by covid and didn't and didn't do it. Well, that's that is foreshadowing. <clears throat>
1: Will we affirm and uphold the human dignity and human rights under which nations in common cause more than seven decades ago formed this institution? Will we apply and strengthen the core tenets of of the international system, including the UN Charter and the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, as we seek to shape the emergence of new technologies and deter new threats? Or will we allow those universal principles to be trampled and twisted in the pursuit of naked political power? In my view, how we answer these questions in this moment, whether we choose to fight for our shared future or not, will reverberate for generations yet to come. Simply put, we stand, in my view, at an inflection point in history. And I'm here today to share with you how the United States intends to work with partners and allies to answer these questions. And the commitment of my new administration to help lead the world toward a more peaceful, prosperous future for all people. Instead of continuing to fight the wars of the past, we are fixing our eyes on devoting our resources to the challenges that hold the keys to our collective future. Ending this pandemic, addressing the climate crisis, managing the shifts in global power dynamics, shaping the rules of the world on vital issues like trade, cyber, and emerging technologies, and facing the threat of terrorism as it stands today. Still no mention of China, but you
0: notice he he, he plays a little bit of a skirt around there. Talking about the emerging emerging threats and, and, and the concepts of power. It seemed throughout he wanted to engage conversations about China, but would not come out to say thing one about China. To this, he had tremendous opposition. And he was the opposition. He was the one opposed to it, obviously. So much of this speech was predicated on the idea of climate change that you would have thought he was campaigning in Iowa and not engaging himself as a leader. By the way, the Declaration of Human Rights, that's the United Nations. But while there is a Declaration of Human Rights, we know that as an American, we focus on the Declaration of Independence. And that as we work with other nations, we do not give up our sovereignty to be part of a larger group. We have no need, no desire, nor no want to be part of a collective. We have friends, we have allies, but in the end, we are us, and they are them, and they should do what is best for them, and we will do what is best for us, not some collective nonsense that makes us weaker. Yet, Joe Biden absolutely declared that's what he's doing. That's his want. It is more important to him than anything else.
1: We're back at the table in international forums, especially the United Nations, to focus attention and to spur global action on shared challenges. We are re-engaged at the World Health Organization and working in close partnership with COVAX to deliver life-saving vaccines around the world. We rejoined the Paris Climate Agreement, and we're running to retake a seat in the Human Rights Council next year at the UN. And as the United States seeks to rally the world to action, we will lead not just with the example of our power, but God willing with the power of our example. Make no mistake, the United States will continue to defend ourselves, our allies, and our interests against attack, including terrorist threats,
0: how did he not get laughed out of the room right there? A lot of people make mention of the fact, oh, they laughed at Trump. Ari, producer Ari remembers, oh, yeah, they laughed at Trump. Uh, it, it was President Trump who said that, you know, the problem with, with uh, socialism in Venezuela is not that it was implemented improperly, but it was implemented faithfully. And that line got a bit of, ooh, and then some some laughter and some applause as well. That the U.N., which allows Libya and China to be on human rights councils, laughs at Donald Trump, is only the proof of how worthless the United Nations can be. Not an attack on Donald Trump. Where's your brain power, kids? It's time to grow up. It's time to see the reality of the situation. What a statement. From Joe Biden.
1: And as the United States seeks to rally the world to action, we will lead not just with the example of our power, but God willing with the power of our example. Make no mistake. The United States will continue to defend ourselves, our allies, and our interests against attack, including terrorist threats.
0: Unless, of course, you're an Afghani who we promised to get out of Afghanistan, in which case, screw you. Oh, we say the same things to Americans. He said that with a straight face and didn't get laughed out of the room. Do you want any more proof that the U.N. isn't worth a good holy damn? He should have been laughed out of the room. Because everybody knows it's a lie. Because it's a lie. there's, There's a lot to the speech. 34 minutes of, wait, what is this? And what it was, it was 34 minutes of wokeness and non-leadership and not a declaration of we are the ones who know the right direction. You can come with us or you can get left behind. That's your call. We're happy to work with you. We want to work with you, but only on the things that are right. You came to the United Nations to push the very, very radical concepts of climate change. That we're back in the Paris Climate Accords? That we are willing as a nation to, to uh, subjugate ourselves to others? Well, in, amongst the, the, the world powers, they must be like, oh, good, they're back in line with the globalist vision. Amongst Americans, amongst the Midwest, amongst the heartland, outside of D.C., this guy doesn't seem too interested in America's interests at all. More coming up on Tony Katz.